Long ago, when the earth was still new, all the animals worked hard for their friend man. The horse carried man on his back, the dog fetched wood for him, and the ox plowed the fields. But the lazy camel stayed in the desert and refused to do any work. He spent his time staring at his reflection in the pool of water, admiring his lovely slender neck and his very long legs. The camel was always very unfriendly and only had one thing to say to the other animals, hump. One day, the horse rode deep into the desert and said to the camel, Come out and trot with us. Hump, replied the camel. The next to approach the lazy creature was the dog. He came bounding up with a stick in his mouth. Excitedly he dropped the stick and said, Camel, come and fetch and carry like the rest of us. Hump, came the reply as the camel continued to stare at his reflection. When the ox heard how rude the camel had been, he decided to try. He trudged through the hot desert and finally reached the lazy camel. Come and help us plow, he said, but the only response was hump. Camel was in no mood to talk to anyone. At the end of the day, the man called the three animals together. The lazy camel in the desert refuses to do any work, he said. Now you will all have to work double time. The three animals were very angry. They held a powwow to discuss what could be done. We can't go on working like this, complained the horse, and they all agreed. Presently, the jinn of the deserts all appeared in a whoosh and a swoosh, rolling in a cloud of dust. Now, the jinn was a magic creature who traveled that way. He was in charge of all deserts and was very, very wise. Oh, jinn of all deserts, is it right for anyone to be idle with the world being so new? asked the horse. Certainly not, replied the jinn. Well, said the horse, there's a thing in the middle of the desert with a long neck, long legs, and a flat back. He hasn't done a stroke of work for three days. What does he say about it? asked the jinn. He only says, humph, says the dog, and he won't fetch and carry. Does he say anything else? asked the jinn. No, and he refuses to plow, added the ox. Then I shall need to pay this lazy creature a visit. The jinn of all deserts told the three tired animals. The very next day, the camel was, as usual, admiring himself. Suddenly there was a whoosh and a swoosh, and the clouds of sand rose high into the air. Camel thought it was a sandstorm, until the jinn of all deserts landed with a thump at his feet. Humph, said the camel, although secretly he was very interested in the magical vision before him.
What is all this I hear? asked the jinn. Why are you not working with the world being so new? Humph, replied the camel. You have given the horse, the dog, and the ox a lot of extra work on the account of your laziness. Aren't you a little sorry? Humph, came the same reply. Use that word one more time and you will be sorry, warned the jinn. Humph, said the camel. But this was to be once too often. The jinn of all deserts sat with his chin in his hand and began to work a great magic. Soon, the perfectly flat back of the camel began to puff up and up into a great big lolloping hump. What has happened to my beautiful flat back? cried the camel, with huge salty tears falling onto the dry sand. Now you have your very own hump, the jinn told him. You brought this on yourself by your laziness. The camel was startled by this outburst. Now you're going to put that hump to work, continued the jinn. But how can I work with this huge hump on my back? The camel quickly replied. It's the hump that will help you work, the jinn told him. That hump will hold three days' food. You owe everyone three days' work, so now you can work and not have to stop to eat. The camel drooped his head sadly. And there will be no time to admire your reflection in the water, the jinn of all deserts added. And with a whoosh and a swoosh, he flew into the air. And so, the camel and his hump went to join the horse, the dog, and the ox. And from that day to this, the camel always wears a hump, which we now call a hump, not to hurt his feelings. But he has never yet made up those three days that he missed at the beginning of the world, and he has never yet learned how to behave. The End The Princess and the Pea Once upon a time, in a kingdom far away, there lived a handsome prince. He had loving parents, plenty of friends, and lived a wonderful life in his castle. But one thing made him sad. He did not have a wife. The prince had always wanted to marry a princess, but he wanted her to be clever and funny and loving and kind. None of the princesses that he met at parties and balls were quite bright. Some of the princesses were too mean, some were too rude, some were too quiet, and some were too loud, and some were just plain boring. So, the prince decided to travel the world in hope of finding a perfect princess. He met many more princesses who tried to impress him with their beauty, their dancing and their baking. But still, none were quite right. I'm never going to meet the right princess, he sighed to himself. Oh, where 
Where is that girl of my dreams? Months passed without success, so eventually the prince headed back to his castle. Cheer up, my son, said the king. You're still young. One day you'll meet a wonderful girl, just like I met your mother. The king smiled at the queen. But he was at a loss to know how to make the prince happy again. Then one night, when the king and queen had begun to give up hope of their son ever finding a bride, there was a terrible storm. Thunder roared, lightning flashed, and the rain poured down. Suddenly, there was a loud knock on the wooden castle door. I wonder who could be out on such a terrible stormy night, said the prince. When he opened the door, a pretty young girl stared back at him. She was soaked from head to toe. Oh, please, your royal highness, may I come in for a moment? She pleaded. I was traveling to see some friends, but I got lost in the storm, and now I'm very cold and very wet. The prince ushered the poor girl in out of the wind and the rain. You poor thing, said the queen. You must stay the night. You cannot travel on this weather. The prince smiled at the girl. What's your name? he asked her. I'm Princess Penelope, she replied. You're all very kind. I don't want to bother you. At the word princess, the queen smiled to herself. I wonder, she thought, but she didn't say anything. She took the girl's hand and said aloud, Of course not, my dear. Come, and let's get you warm. Once the princess had changed into some dry clothes, the queen invited her to have supper with the family. The prince listened contently as the charming princess chatted over their meal. He could not stop gazing at her. She was clever and funny and loving and kind, and by the end of the evening the prince had fallen in love. The queen was delighted when she saw what was happening, but she wanted to be sure that Princess Penelope was a real princess. She went to the guest room in the castle and placed a tiny pea under the mattress. Then she told the servants to pile twenty more mattresses onto the bed. Then the queen had twenty feather quilts piled on top of the twenty mattresses. Now we shall see if you're a real princess, murmured the queen to herself. The queen showed the princess to her room and tucked her into the towering bed. Sleep well, my dear, she said. In the morning, the princess came down to breakfast, rubbing her eyes. How did you sleep, my dear? the queen asked. The princess didn't want to be rude, but she couldn't lie. I'm afraid I hardly slept a wink, she replied, stifling a yawn. I'm so sorry, my dear, said the queen. 
was the bed not comfortable? There were so many lovely mattresses and quilts, it should have been very comfortable, replied the princess. But I could feel something lumpy and bumpy, and now I'm black and blue all over. The queen grinned and hugged her tight. That proves it, cried the queen. Only a real princess would be able to feel a tiny pea through twenty mattresses and twenty feather quilts. The prince was filled with joy. He had finally met the princess of his dreams. Not long after that, the prince asked Princess Penelope to be his wife. She happily agreed, and they were married in the castle. The prince was never unhappy again, and as for the pea, it was put in the Royal Museum as proof that perfect princesses do exist. The End The Peacock and the Crane There was once a king in a far-off land who had a magnificent palace. But his pride and joy were his stunning gardens, full of exotic trees and hedges, pretty fountains and quaint little mazes. Roaming around the palace gardens were graceful deer, while majestic swans and beautiful ducks drifted on its lakes. But of all the animals that lived in the palace gardens, surely the most glorious was the king's peacock. Unfortunately, the peacock knew this too. Hello, dear, the peacock greeted them as he strutted across the grass, dragging his long tail feathers behind him. Hello, peacock, the deer replied, knowing what question was going to come next. Who do you think is the most beautiful creature in the king's gardens? The peacock asked, holding high his silvery blue neck and making his crown feathers stand up proudly on his head. Now, the deer were themselves beautiful creatures, with huge eyes and pretty spots, but they simply could not compare to the peacock. You are the most beautiful, peacock, the deer all replied humbly. Just as I thought, said the peacock, and he swept off to find another creature so he could ask exactly the same question. The swans gliding gracefully across the lake were also very beautiful, with proud necks and pure white feathers gleaming in the sun. The same was true of the ducks. The king had specially chosen this exotic breed with orange tail feathers and a lovely blush on their cheeks. But again, they could not compare to the peacock. You are the most beautiful, peacock, the swans and ducks all admitted as the peacock asked the same question of each and every one of them. 
peacock smiled as he strutted around the palace gardens. How he loved to hear that answer! If any of the other animals hesitated for a moment, the peacock would quickly convince him by his favorite trick. He would suddenly raise his tail feathers to produce a huge, magnificent fan covered with shimmering blue and green spots. Faced with his stunning display, how could anyone deny that he was the most beautiful creature of all? One day, Peacock noticed that the king added a new animal to the palace gardens. It was a large wading bird, standing meekly at the edge of the lake. The peacock scoffed at the sight of this new arrival. It was the plainest creature he had ever seen, with dull grey feathers and lanky legs. What are you? asked the peacock as he swept gracefully up to the grey newcomer. I'm a crane, the other replied. Is that so? asked the peacock, rudely looking at him up and down. Are you proud of being a crane? Oh yes, he replied confidently. This annoyed peacock. How could anyone looking as dull as that be so proud? Right away, the peacock asked his usual question. Who do you think is the most beautiful creature in the palace gardens? Hmm, I'm not sure, said the crane. I haven't met everyone yet. The peacock was more annoyed than ever. How was this dull creature likely to meet someone more beautiful than him? So he did his usual trick. Only this time, he not only raised his tail feathers to produce a glorious blue and green fan, he also slowly turned his magnificent fan to the left and the right. Now, who do you think is the most beautiful creature in the palace gardens? The peacock taunted. The crane was dazzled by the magnificent sight before him. It would surely be you, the crane said. At last, you finally opened your eyes, said the peacock. But beauty isn't everything, added the crane. What? said the peacock in disbelief. You mean you don't want to look like me? You would rather be a plain dull crane? Yes, my feathers are rather dull and plain, the crane admitted. But they serve me well, giving me a lot of pleasure. And to demonstrate, the crane opened his wings and took gracefully to the air. He flew all around the palace gardens, high above them. You see, your feathers might be beautiful, the crane called down. But that's all they are, just for show. They can't make you fly, 
and see all the wonderful things I can see. The peacock enviously watched the crane circling high above as happy as he could be. That dull grey bird was right. Beauty isn't everything, and there are a lot of other things that are important too. Peacock decided that he would never boast again. The End <laughs>